Thank you for tuning in at Ravenna Assembly of God. We hope you enjoy this message and are blessed from it. If you want to tune in to more messages, log on to RavennaAG.com and search under the media tab. Thank you and God bless. But when it comes to those times, you learn who he is because you've experienced who he is. And I found that if I'm not experiencing who he is, there's a good chance that probably <laughs> uh, I haven't allowed him to be who he is. He's the, he's the healer. He's the restorer. He's my blesser. He's my closest friend. He's the one that's there when no one else is there. He becomes what I need him to be. When nothing else is working out, he's always working in. He continues to be the glory, the honor, and the object of my praise. He is faithful, endearing, and he's never failed me yet. I've had a lot of questions, and he's always been the answer. He teaches, he instructs, he guides, he directs, and he never lets you go. He's always, always there. How great is our God? He's as great as we need him to be. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. This morning as we approach his throne, as we continue to worship and praise him, we just want to continue to remember needs that come before us. I know I'm not going to remember all of them as I stand here this morning. I want us to continue to remember that Dee Black, as she's in the hospital, blood clots, and the lung, uh, she just really needs a touch in her body and in her life as well. want to continue to remember the family, uh, the Neal family. Again, for those of you who might not know, uh, Donnie Neal passed away this past week. The services for Donnie, the memorial service, will be this coming Saturday morning from 10 to 11 will be the showing, and at 11 will be the actual memorial service. So if you'll bear that in mind as well, want to continue to remember uh, the Chepke family and the passing of George. <sighs> that one, I'm, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm getting to a point where I'm not enjoying at all watching our friends and our loved ones. Even though they're stepping into someplace great and wonderful, <laughs> it's still something within your own gut that just, but he's faithful, amen? Yes, he is. Want to continue to remember? Uh, uh, I think we have. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Tom Connors will be facing shoulder surgery, possibly this coming Thursday. Uh, they're not here today. Him and the pipes because they were exposed to somebody with COVID, so they're kind of shutting in at this time. Want to continue to remember um, Brent Schultz this morning in a very special way. As many of you know, he suffered a pretty good stroke and he's in the VA rehab in, in uh, middle, middle, middle field, almost in Middletown. 
mental field. And you know what? I don't care who you are. If you're in a rehab center or a nursing home right now, you're one of the loneliest people in the world. It is depressing. It is discouraging. It rips from you the desire to go forward. And Brent's been walking through that. He is uh, place where he's at has had several cases, not only with patients, but a good part of the staff as well has uh, contracted COVID. And so obviously no one's allowed in. You can only speak to them through the, through the window. It's the same thing in, in the majority of them. But you know what? I believe God can invade space wherever it's at. I found out the other day that God's immune to COVID-19. Did you know that? I didn't know. But he is. Matter of fact, his name is higher than COVID-19. I'm looking forward to the day that we can just open up the doors, rip off the masks, see who's really sitting beside us. <laughs> It might surprise you, but that day's coming. I believe that with all my heart. Sure, there's going to be some changes. Things are going to be done differently, but that's going to be the nature, of the culture of what we live through. But God is faithful. Amen? So, Lord, as we gather here this morning in your name, and we give you all the praise, the glory for what you have done, but it just reminds us that you're the same today as you were yesterday and will be forevermore. So we know that what, you're, what you've done, you're doing, and what you're doing, you're gonna to continue to do. And so we lift up families and, and hearts and, and, and even for those that I'm not remembering right now, that you would reach down into these hearts and these lives and just touch them, surround them, heal them, restore them, lift them up. Let them know prayers surrounding them. Let them know your love shed abroad in their hearts through your Holy Spirit who's been given us. Holy Spirit, Revive your church again. Renew your people once again. May there be a rising up. May there be a standing and going forth. May there be revival that sweeps over this land. And God, let it start. Let it, let it be a part right in this place as well. Holy Spirit, I pray for every life in this place this morning. For every life that's not here this morning that is associated with this house in one way or another. I pray in the name of Jesus that there just be something that lights up within them as they know your hand and know your touch. Lord, this morning in this place, we want to give you thanks. We want to give you praise. We want to celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Great is our God, and great things he has done. And we will never fail to give you all the praise, all the honor and glory, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.
Amen. Somebody give him praise this morning. Can we do that? Amen and amen. Do me a favor, just turn around and wave at somebody, would you, this morning? <laughs> Before you're seated. Amen. God bless you. This morning, it's been our started tradition. And it's gotten kind of pushed back this year because of. But we want to take a special moment this time, at this time, this morning, and um, begin to walk in what we would call a memorial service. To remember those who were a part of our house, part of our congregation, part of our lives for so many years, and have gone on to be with their Lord and Savior. And this morning, we want to remember those. And, and so as I, as I call their name, I'm going to ask if their, their family or the, the person that's here represented them, representing them would come. See, I'm not used to talking in front of live people, so you'll have to forgive me. I'm going to ask them if they'll come and to join me on the platform if they could. Larry, I'll ask you to help escort the ladies up if you would. But this morning, the first person that we want to remember is Barbara Campbell. We're doing these in alphabetical order, not necessarily when they passed away, but Barb is, is as was stated, now enjoying her eternal salvation promised to her through her faith in her Lord Jesus Christ. Barb was born October 12th, 1945, in New Kensington, Pennsylvania, to her parents, Merle and Elizabeth Hawk. She entered into his presence on November 16th, 2020. She died at home, surrounded by the sounds of her loved ones singing songs of praise. It's been 58 years since she and her husband, Glenn, Glenn, ma'am, where'd that come? See, I told you, I gotta practice. It's been 58 years since her and Glenn actually ran away to get married. Glenn's basically said, I'm not running very fast anymore. <laughs> Their marriage has been a shining example of sacrificial love. The next family we want to, oh, by the way, before I forget, this is a special topic then to remember. The next family we'd like to call on is the family of Brother George Chetke, who at the age of 88 went home to be with Jesus on December 31st, 2020. He passed away peacefully in his home, surrounded by his incredible loving wife and their, ch and their children. He would tell you how blessed he was to share life life full of laughter and, and love with his wife, Patricia, for 62 wonderful years. Together they raised six children, all married to loving spouses and have 15 grandchildren, six great-grandchildren. George was born on April 24, 1932, on the family farm in North Jackson, son of Balaz. 
like you said. <laughs> and Vera Chapton. George was raised to know the value of hard work and family, and he graduated from Jackson Milton High School in 1950, attended YSU. He was one of 11 siblings and was survived by his brother Tom. George lived a life of service to his country, community, and family. He was a proud member of the U.S. Coast Guard, and he also spent 12 years serving on the Jackson Milton School Board, as well as various church boards. He, he was also an active member, as you know, for many years here at Ravenna Assembly of God and was a supporter of their local rescue mission and Teen Challenge. She had the most beautiful soul, and her spirit for life was never-ending. No matter what the situation she faced it face on, and her faith always pushed her through. The next individual would be retired Captain Ricky Genial who at the age of 60, passed away on May 16, 2020. He was born on June 3rd, 1959 in Ravenna to Joseph, or otherwise known as Papa Joe, and Anna Marie Neal, as well as his brother, Donnie Neal, who passed away this past Monday evening. He is survived by his wife of 35 years, Renee Neal. Chief Neal, Captain Neal, Officer Neal, Teacher Neal, with three academies plus Akron U and Kent State, Trainer Neal, Husband, Dad, Friend, Influence, Confidant, Eating Partner, <laughs> Loyal, Committed, Cash, Cash, <laughs> Compassionate, no cash, he didn't know. <laughs> and also look out when he's mad. One who'll always have your back. And the one title he just acquired and dearly loved was Grandpa.
last but not least, the gal that had the name Constance, that we knew as Connie, Connie Marie Nuns, who at the age of, fifth, of age of 50, you married young, didn't you? <laughs> Connie passed away at the age of 80. Nobody would have ever believed she was 80 years old. She passed away on July 28th, 2020, at the Western Reserve David Simpson Hospice House in Cleveland. She was born on, I love this part, she was born on April the 1st, 1940. She had fun with that too. To her parents, Joseph and Mary Grace Trousseau. Connie graduated from John Adams High School in 1959 and was the head cook for the Crestwood Middle School for many years until her recently, in recent retirement. Faith and, and family were paramount in her life. She began each day with, with Bible studies and, a, and was a devoted member of this house. On June 3rd, 1961, she married the love of her life, <laughs> Mr. Jean, and they had four children together and also raised their niece. She later cherished her time as Grammy to her grandkids. Close third in Connie's life was cooking, and it's been proclaimed that she was the best cook in Portage County. I was the second, but she was the first. <laughs> Connie was well known for her baking and cake decorating as well as feeding thousands of middle school kids throughout the years. She was one special lady. Sir, pleasure. I'm having a hard time with this time. There's been others that have passed away outside of our church, but yet in other ways connected to our church. But would you stand with me one more time this morning? And friend, you know, grief is a, is a, is a it's not easy. And the process of working through that takes up to two years at times. You don't get over that. You don't, you don't stay married to somebody for 133 years <laughs> and not miss them six months later. We call her Sarah for short. But would you reach out your hands to them this morning? And Lord, they're on a journey they never planned on or expected or maybe they did, but Working through the actualness of it is a whole different story. And Lord, I know you're reaching down and comforting them and touching them, but you've also put them in our paths to love on them and to surround them, to support them, to be used by you to become to them what they need us to be. So we pray comfort and strength. And though we walk through this valley of the shadow of death, we don't fear the evil, for you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. 
So Lord, I pray that you will touch them, their family, that you continue to love through them as they have been loved themselves. Guide them, encourage them, and as they walk through this process that you've created us to walk through. It's not easy because we were not made to die. Death is that last sting of sin. And Lord, we look at that and realize that lasting of sin has no dominion over us. For we shall meet again. We have been made alive. And so Lord, I thank you for that blessed hope that is ours. But for right now, I pray your fullness of grace and your strength made perfect in weakness. Bless these families. Bless these families. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. God bless you guys. stand, you can stand too, right? Amen. Well, this has been a journey. Ain't no two ways about that. It's been a very interesting year from beginning until end, and we're looking forward to what God now has in store as we go forward. Don't know where things are going to end up, don't know where things are going, but we know who our eyes are focused on. Amen? And as we walk this journey, I believe God's got some great things in store. Amen? For you individually as well as for this house. Man, I can get kick-started on something right here. It's been too long, friend. It's been way too long. And so we're going to be here for a couple hours here this morning. I hope you don't mind. Not at all. Yeah, you're one in the crowd, let me tell you that. Right? <laughs> want to remind you of a couple things. First of all, before we do go on, just to remind you that the offering will be received at the back doors. Again, we're not passing the offering baskets simply because of taking precautions. So again, we appreciate and thank you for wearing your masks at this time. Uh, that's something we're asking everybody to do while you're here in the sanctuary. If you have a, a giving book, a tithe book, please note that'll be out in the lobby for you to be able to pick up stop by after the service. Also, your giving statements are there too. You may pick them up at any time following the service. There's a number of other things taking place for our kids and our, our youth. Uh, we're getting started in beginning to plan for what's ahead. We're looking forward even to a men's breakfast on February 13th. Hello, man. You ready for that? I mean, your, the breakfast will be served to you as you go through and will be spaced apart, but we're going to have breakfast together and have some fellowship and remind ourselves it's the day before Valentine's Day, just in case. But there's a number of things with uh, youth and, and kids, movie nights, as well as some uh, meetings coming up for the core leaders. We're excited about getting back, getting started. 
being careful, taking precautions, but at the same time, reminding ourselves that the work of the Lord is never done. Amen? Amen. So, God bless you as you remember those announcements. Worship team, uh, you are welcome to go ahead and head on down at this time. Uh, we've been doing a number of online services, as you well know. And I, the, I had, well, let's face it, I had a lot of people complain about one particular service. That was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's when you guys sang, wasn't it? No, but that, uh, that was when we had this video that, uh, about God doing new things. And then halfway through, it just, the voices were gone. And, and everybody was not happy with that. So what we've elected to do this morning, we had another video we wanted to show you, but then we thought about it and said, you know what? Let's go ahead and show them the entirety of this video so that they can see it. So take a look at this, if you will. sandwich like your grandma doesn't like me to. Your secret's safe with me. Mm -hmm. Same. So how was your party? Name. I don't get what's so special about New Year's. Oh, what's special about New Year's? Yeah, I mean, you stay up late, everyone says, Happy New Year, and then a ball drops. Let me tell you something. I remember a year uh, you were just born. It was a very difficult year. You may not believe this, but there was no toilet paper to be found anywhere. Gross! That wasn't even the half of it. People couldn't shake hands, they couldn't hug. You didn't want to leave your house or you're afraid you might get sick. And masks, everyone was wearing masks everywhere. You couldn't tell if somebody was smiling or frowning. That sounds weird. You, you couldn't go visit with family. Not even at the, the holidays. Yeah. Then what happened? Well, that's the best part. Then God got us through it, just like he always does. That's why I like new. See, God says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. New, my dear, gives us a, a different perspective on things. Like on toilet paper, I guess. <laughs> I mean, just because it's new doesn't mean it's going to be good. You're right. You're right. hold on to the words of Jesus who said uh, in this world you will have troubles but be of good cheer I've overcome the world that is why we celebrate now house by a show of hands would say you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. 
there, there you go. It's, it's like, uh, you know, we, we continue on, we, we do what is supposed to be done, but it, it's getting tiresome. It, it's very easy to slip into what he was mentioning before, you know, the difficulty of those times. And we're walking through something that, how do you put it into words? We reach a point where we get extremely fatigued or frustrated. We get to a point where we feel like we've been emptied out of, of anything. We sort of sit back and continue to complain about all the reruns that are on TV. That we've you know seen this show how many times or it, get, it gets to a point where it's just, we're bored. And it's, it's like, it's a struggle and, and, and it, it reaches a point where you kind of like give up at times. And then they declare, well, we're gonna open church back up. And it's like, I'm excited, but isn't it amazing? The mentality, would you tell them I'm not here at this point? It, I, we all know it's Pastor Bruno. When he was up here preaching, he'd have let you have it there, I'll tell you what. Was it God? But we reach a point where apathy kind of really sets in. And we become discouraged believers. And it becomes many times for so many people an emptiness that used to be so full. We remember that chorus that we used to sing, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory, right? But the joy is really unspeakable right now. And I have really been feeling God saying, remind us, remind us, I haven't changed. I haven't moved. I am the same, and I'm wanting to revive my people once again. So I want you to take a look at this portion of Scripture, because when I talk about reviving your work, I'm going to start, first of all, in the Old Testament, and then I'll move to the New Testament. But it says in Habakkuk, it says, O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. Revive your work in the midst of the years. Make it known. I say amen to that. Lord, revive your work in the midst of all the stuff, in the midst of the years that we're walking through. Make it known. Let your name be proclaimed as never before. In this day, in this age, in this season, the Israelites asked God to revive his work. Now, just to give you a little insight, the word revive is translated from the Hebrew word kaya. And some additional meanings of this word are, are quicken, restore to life, save, and give life. They wanted to. Know, they wanted God to renew or revitalize His work. And I just want to shout that out. God 
revitalize your work once again. Renew your people once again. Restore us once again. Pour out your spirit upon all flesh once again. You know, I believe that every new believer experiences a, a reviving when they first meet the Lord. And, and the Bible refers to this, as we've seen in Revelation, as first love. In, in our first love, what we do is we experience so much passion for Jesus that, that we want to just tell everybody about him. I, I mean, we, we want to tell people about his love and, and his power. Uh, you know, that, that excitement. I mean, it doesn't matter. You feel like you can leap tall buildings at a single bound kind of thing. Just put somebody in front of me and I'm going to let them know. So on fire at those times. And, and, and we want to, again, just share with everybody around us. But that's why the prophet Habakkuk prayed to God to revive his work in the midst of the years. Today, Today, well, have we been worn down by so much around us, so many issues and circumstances, so much rhetoric and so much talking going on, so many people that are, 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 are ill or walking through it, so, so many finance, the list goes on, and in the midst of it, that draws on us and grates on us. Have we lost the fire and passion for God? And because I, I believe with all my heart, with what God is saying, I believe that He's going to release that fire and that passion in us once more in this hour, in this day that we are living. I believe that with all my hearts. Friend, listen, when the church loses the fire, God's revival is interrupted. It is, it, it is just like, it, not only Deadsville, but Dudsville. Turn to your neighbor and say, Dudsville. There you go. You see. It, it, what it does, and understand this, is that when the church loses its fire, or loses the fire, what it does is it leads people to search for religious substitutes. They look for new methods, rules, and, and, and structures, and all it is is an effort to raise up what is dead. We're trying to get something going, get something taking place, Having this taking place over there, do, doing all, look, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> the worst part of, of, of what I call this result is that substitutes do not allow for the Holy Spirit to flow. Friend, if we're going to want the Holy Spirit flowing in our lives, flowing in our house, then, then it's not about trying to create something to take place. I believe it's coming in and expecting God to do what he said he's going to do. Not try to create it. We can't create it. We can't <laughs> commandeer it. We can't do any of those things. It, 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 it's all about new wineskins, really, that, that carry that, that, that new wine of revival and, and, 
And the reality of that is when that takes place, you're, you're dealing with flexible people who understand that a genuine living relationship with the Father is higher than any religious structure. It, 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 that, that life is more important than tradition and, 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 and regulations and, and order. And please don't misunderstand me. I am I'm in total agreement with the need for order in the church. Hello? But not without being flexible enough and willing to move according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say amen? This, this new wine, this revival is life. Friend, the revival that, that he is, is it's not a law. It's life, not a law. It is a relationship with him, the living God, and the experience of the fire of his presence. You know how big of a believer I am in the fire of God. And I've always, always stated, fire changes everything it touches. So, so in that, I, I want to talk to us about the reality of what it is or what it takes to walk in revival. Not just as a corporate body, but even personally. And to, to walk in, in, in personal revival, there, there are some fundamental steps that I want to share with you this morning. And the first one is this. Cry out to God to be ignited. Cry out to God to be united or ignited. I was thinking of an old commercial for Bic Lighters. Remember that? And, and the commercial was, was this lady who simply said to the guy, I can see by the flick of my bit that you're a hick. <laughs> Friend, we're talking about a fire that is not something that comes from a lighter, but comes from the lighter himself. It says in Ezekiel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will kindle a fire in you, in you. Now this verse of scripture is, is one that's actually talking about judgment by fire in this verse in your scripture. But what we can do is apply it to other purposes of fire, which, which is to ignite passion in us as we are purified by him. Let me tell you something straight up. You're not just going to muster up passion for God. You can try to you know, work all those things out yourself, so forth and so on. But it's something that he literally ignites within us. He creates a passion. But again, it comes with permission and allowance. It comes with choice to say yes to him. It doesn't just happen because we're trying to make it happen. It doesn't work that way. It's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. And, 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 I, and I say this this morning because we need to know that power source. We need to know that passion running through us. Oh, you, you, yeah. One of the curses of today's culture is something called a smart phone. Is that something like jumbo shrimp? Doesn't work for me. Anyways, the, the, here's the thing. 
Have, have you ever had your phone and you've been working, talking, texting, playing your games or whatever, and then all of a sudden you look down and you see you have 20% battery life left. You know, when that phone is charged at 100%, you know, you're feeling confident, right? You're not worried about things. You just literally use that thing, and then all of a sudden you see it at 20%. Now you're going to choose things differently. It's not going to be like you were doing before. Now, now you got to, until you can get it on that, what, charger, and get it charged up. And then when it reaches 100%, whoa, you're ready to go again. But here's the neat thing. We, we operate like that. We will operate fully charged and we'll go out and do this and that and everything else and then life hits us and so forth and we get down to that 20 to 25 and we need God to move us back up to 100%. Get plugged back into God. But how much fuller would things be if our strength, if our ability, if our power level was being realized because we are continually being plugged in to a power source by the name of Jesus. We wouldn't have to think about, well, we gotta change things up now, can't do as much as we did, gotta take care of that, can't be playing that game, it just takes that, wears the battery down too fast. No, remaining plugged in and, and realizing that we are plugged into an, another source, another power. Friend, I, what I'm saying is, is I believe if we're going to be ignited by God, placed on fire by God, turn to your neighbor and say, fire. <laughs> no, uh, Trump was fired. We, we just, uh, oh, boo, let's not go there. We're not gonna talk politics this morning, okay? But it was there. But the thing is, instead of, instead of coming down to a place where we're, we're, we're operating at a low level, God ignite us once again. May the passion run through us. The second thing I want to bring is, is that we need to break down the old atmospheres. Hello, somebody. We need to break through the hard atmospheres of what I call oppression. And, and doubt, and to create another atmosphere of glory and of the presence of God. I have never been more hungry for his presence than I am right now. In this hour, in this day, in what this world is going through, and what's taking place, and, 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 and again, you can go from political down to physical. You can go from one country to another country. You can argue, this, the thing that bothers me today more than anything else is, 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 is how that world view is being imposed on everyone. That we are to think the same, accept the same, walk the same, like the same things, accept the same things. Friend, let me tell you something. I'm going to be real honest with you. I will love each and every person because they are a creation of God. 
But that doesn't mean that I approve of the things this world tries to push on me. You know, one apple was already eaten. I don't want to eat the other one, so to speak. What I'm saying to us is, is very simple. We're being imposed on like we've never been imposed on before. The Bible deals with perdition. It deals with end times. It deals with seasons. It lets us know that there's a soon return that's coming down the road and it could be a whole lot sooner than we think. But we are to watch. Hello? It, 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 it finds its way creeping into the church as well. And, 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 and friend, when the world thinking creeps into the church, it's going to be very difficult for revival to come and even more difficult that if it does come, to, to remain. To realize breakthrough, friend, remember that our praise should be high and our worship should be deep. Let me say that again. Our praise should be high and our worship should be deep. Because when, when the old atmosphere is changed by an atmosphere of glory, all of a sudden there's a hunger and there's a thirst for God that are produced in people's spirits. There, there's something that, that takes place. How do you change atmosphere? Good question. How, how do you change atmosphere? And, and, and all you have to do is look at Jesus for the example. How did Jesus change atmosphere? So, I mean, he'd walk into places where there had been, you know, I don't care, you know, you're talking about where, where the prostitutes or the, or the barmongers or, the, or, or these situations, you know, into the worst places. And he changed the atmosphere and people would become hungry and thirst for God. How did he do that? Very simple. He spoke the word. When you speak the word, you change the atmosphere. When you speak the word, you change the atmosphere. When you sing the word, you change the atmosphere. When you proclaim the word, you change the atmosphere. Oh, yes, you do. And it changes the atmosphere of you to begin with. Sometimes I have to do that quite often. But I'll tell you what, again, you get to wear and you get to tear. And, and, and just, you know, it's not, it's not one big hit. It's a continue wearing against, tearing against that wears you down. But let me go on with this because the third thing is a, a willingness to pay the price. To be willing to pay the price. You know, the thing that I, I look at nobody really goes out to eat like they used to, right? We go order it, pick it up, take it home, consume it there, and it look, doesn't look anything like it used to when it was the restaurant. But a couple weeks ago when I was on that week-long sabbatical, I took one evening, and, and there's a restaurant down there that Kathy and I really enjoy. And I went to it, and uh, the prices had gone up considerably. 
And when I got my plate of food, the, the amount of food had gone down considerably. So the reality of that was, uh, I didn't see the value in the meal. Does that make sense? And I was really, I didn't go out the rest of the week. I said, forget it. I can cook better than, than them. I won't go there right now, but. <laughs> but again, I, when you, mm, you know, when you pay that much money, you're looking for a nice plate of food, right? And when you can see your plate all over the place through the food, you know you didn't get that much. Am I being picky and am I being, no, okay. Am I talking about food? Welcome back to church, people. <laughs> but a lot of times believers are not willing to pay the price for all that God has and all that God is wanting to do because they don't see the value. And, 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 and friend, I'll be honest with you, it's worth paying the price for the fire of revival. But the question comes back, are we willing to pay the price? Are we? Are we really? I mean, I can remember, and I've been thinking about this, Pat, back in, 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 in the late 90s and the early 2000s when the move of God was poured out all over this place. And you want to talk about paying the price many times. We'd have three services on Sunday. We'd have a Wednesday night service. We, 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 we had a, another uh, service that took place up towards Cleveland and Janela's house. And then we'd come back here for Friday night service. So we were having service after service after service. We had Friday night services. If we had guests here, we'd be meeting every night of the week, basically. We did that for seven weeks one time. Every night we had church and God was doing some awesome things and his spirit was falling. But let me tell you something. It, it, you, you paid the price. It, it, was, it was something that you, you were revived in, renewed in, but at the same time, it cost you. Many times people would say, oh, our family asked us, are you going to church again? They didn't see, but there was something that was moving and something that was turning. And, and what it cost you, friend, the majority of the time, you know what it cost you? Sacrifice. And sacrifice isn't something that you can afford. Sacrifice usually has to do with what you can't afford. It's a sacrifice in order to do it. And, 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 and can I be perfectly honest with you when I come to this? That if we're hungry for God, if we're looking to what he has for us and what's in store, then we're going to need to realize that we're going to, to, we're going to need to know uh, the constant manifestation of the glory of God in our house. So the question is, and, 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 I, and I come to this, is what's the key to knowing that manifestation of his presence? It's very simple. It's the same thing that we did before. Making ourselves available to God. Making ourselves available to God. Being committed and ready to pay the price to have his revival of the spirit in our lives and in our midst. It's going to take being available. Friend, uh, mm, number four, let, let, me, let me get on with this, is to decide 
and speak, and, I'm sorry, to, do, to decide and seek and to have an experience with God's fire. In, in, in Revelations chapter 3 there, he says, I know your works that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Very graphic. But that's what he says. You go back into the history of this, and the city of Laodicea was an important trade route and was a very prosperous city. It was also a growing banking area. And, and so as a result, Laodicea had a lot of industries and was famous as well for producing an eye ointment that was called Calerian. Now, the arrogant atmosphere that began to arise in that city was then brought into the church, and, and the Lord, as a result of that, had to call his people to repentance because the city's financial prosperity that had been taking place also caused the believers to feel self-sufficient. Jesus told them to acquire from him gold refined in fire and to be truly wealthy and special ointment to heal their spiritual blindness. You can find that in verses 17 and 18, actually. Unfortunately, the attitude of the Laodiceans is the state of mind for a good part of our church today. We essentially find ourselves having this self-satisfied uh, mindset, and so we end up with a body of self-satisfied congregants full of what I call secret agents. Turn to your neighbor and say, secret agent. They're, they're agents undercover. It's not something you want to aspire to be because these are people who never speak to anybody about Jesus and who are not a voice to express the values of his kingdom and to confront the moral issues of today. And, and I'll say it again, friend, I'm sorry, but I do not go contrary to what his word tells me is truth. And, 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 and uh, I'm not up here to stir up things. I'm just saying, uh, friend, be very careful on the mindsets that are being pushed and implied and the saying that this, you know, make it law kind of thing, right? No. Friend, there are people who have chosen to conform to dead religious systems and they have the appearance of being Christian without the power. You know, you know what I'm saying? That, that, <laughs> Take a look at that verse. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Having the form, but denying the power. There's a choice in there. We are being neutralized by the enemy. Please hear that. We, his church, are being neutralized by the enemies, by the enemy. Believers don't, yeah, they, they, they don't, they don't take into account the condition 
that displeases God. And, and, and as a result, and, and because of lukewarm attitudes, what they end up doing is they expose themselves to being vomited out. And, and friend, once vomited out, then there's that place called being consumed by his fire of judgment. Now, I'm just coming back to this. I'm not trying to lay heaviness on us today, but I believe God's calling his church to wake up, to, to, to smell the coffee, so to speak, that we're in a day and age that is detrimental and dangerous. Not only are we seeing oppressiveness that is being put on us for acceptedness, we are being worn down by pandemics and, and situations that are out of our control. And friend, I'm going to tell you something. It's not like this has never happened in history before. Try being a, a, a believer in Rome during those days when they would take believers and, and, and flay them alive, stick them on, on, on sticks, coat them with wax, use them as a, a flaming torch to light the, the pathway for the for Caesar, it was it was a mess. You would be reduced to a third class citizen, forced to live in caves. All sorts. I mean, it was it was wearing. It was like you can almost give up. And it's where we end up in times like this, which is basically a a, 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 a oh, it, it's melancholy Christians. Look. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. It, it's, it's time to decide whether we're going to be on fire for God or not. And the truth is, this decision that I'm talking about, that I'm dealing with, it, it's not going to make some believers happy. It, it's going to make others feel uncomfortable. But I've got news for you. As long as we please God, we shouldn't worry about other people's attitudes and opinions. Hello? So the last one that I have for us this morning is, is to revive the gift within us. And I hope you hear this this, this morning. It, it's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1. It says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. But then... Look what else he says. For God hath not given us, or for, I'm quoting Old King James, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. You got it. And, and, and I'm going to be point blank. Take, take a look at your, your neighbor one more time. Mm -hmm. Yep, there they are. Because I want to declare, I will declare over this house that there are believers who have received special gifts from God that have been completely shut down. And, and I'm saying that because you, you, you might have gifts for music, you might have ministerial gifts, motivational gifts, while others have received the, the, the grace to prophesy or, or to teach the word or move in areas of leadership or, or government. I can give you scriptural passages for all of those places. But the gifts are being wasted because the fire has been extinguished. And God is saying it's time to stir up the gift 
that is within you. God is calling us to account for that, to revive the fire of the gift. In 2 Timothy 1.6, the Apostle Paul urged Timothy to stir up the fire of the gift he had imparted to him. Now, that word translated, stir up, is, in other words, I don't really know how to pronounce it, but what it means, anazuprio, how's that? It means to rekindle, to rekindle. Say that with me, to rekindle. This is the only time that that word is used in the New Testament, actually. Paul did not say to resurrect it. He didn't say to revive it, as in Habakkuk 3, but he extorted Timothy to stir up, to rekindle the fire of the gift that God had already, that he had already received and, and that he had been active in in the beginning. Friend, friends, we have got to stir up our personal gifts. You have them. They've been given to you. We gotta, there, there, is, there is more here than it meets the eye. Because the enemy has, has brought us to that place again of, of incapacitation. Look, 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 look. This, this demands, the bottom line is, this demands on our part to seek to be ignited by his fire now. We, we need to pray that the fire of the presence of God come upon us and we begin, can begin to then seek his face and his fire. Can somebody say amen? Yeah. See, here's the problem. Should have handed out a little present to everybody this morning. A little square mirror. Okay, bad idea. I see that right now. Can I tell you something about the Christian life? And many of you struggle with going forward as a believer. And, and you wonder, why am I still doing what I, I used to do when I know that that's not who I am and I, I can't, it seems to, and, and I mess up and all that. Let me tell you something. First of all, it's all about identity. You can write that down in your notes. It really should. It's all about identity. Identifying with who you are, not what you used to be. It's what makes the difference to focus, to identify with who you are. And I have found that you need to understand that if you're battling, that is proof of who you are because you are alive for that battling. If you were dead, you wouldn't even care about it. If, if it was, it, it just, just well, yeah, it's not probably, but who cares, you know, whatever. No, you're alive and so it doesn't fit. It's not right. Look, I'm going to tell you something this morning. If he's working in you, you belong to him. If he's working in you, you belong to him. We need to identify, I'm going to talk about this more some other time, but we need to realize that identifying of who we are. 
because the enemy wants to wear us down, to declare us something that we are not. We are his children. We're a child of God. We're the top and not the bottom. We're the head and we're not the tail. We're more than conquerors through him that has loved us and there's nothing going to separate us from that love. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and not loving our lives unto death. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. When we come back to this, we need to identify that who we are is a child of the king. We have been born again. We've gone from death unto life. We have gone from <laughs> this side to that side. Does that mean I won't make any more mistakes? Turn to your neighbor and say, that's dumb thinking. <laughs> but all of a sudden, the mentality changes. I'm not kept as a, as a captive any longer. There is no more authority over me by the way the enemy wants me to think. He wants me to think, what's the sense? What's the use? You know, I'm not worthy enough. I can't do anything. If I do it, I mess it up. All these, and, and time after time after time after time, he continues to pound us. It's like Paul talking in Romans 7. The things that I want to do, those are the things I don't do. The things I don't want to do, those are the things I do, do. In, in essence, he's having a struggle, which tells me he's alive. So the question is this morning, what are we identifying in? What are we looking to? God, revive us again. Restore your church once again. It's not that we, friend, the last thing I want us to do is to just make it through this pandemic. We need to rise above the pandemic and declare King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. Holy Spirit, revive this church again. Full projectionist, that was your cue.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for all of your love towards us, what you've purchased on our behalf, what you've done to restore and renew us. Forgive us.